Hey, good day on the hottest day for 2021. My name is Ian Solomon Kawal. Um, I'm here to give you a little insight into the values of nature through my project, May Project Gardens, and my recent um, appointment for Bristol City Council as the Climate Change Engagement and Diversity Manager. Now, for those who don't know about May Project Gardens, um, it's expanded, it's been going for 15 years. And as you can see, the garden in the background is also my home and the site for the last 15 years. It was designed using permaculture, um, <laughs> permaculture principles. I'm laughing because you can hear the bird in the background. Um, permaculture basically is a design system that works in harmony with nature um, as opposed to against it. But I think um, if I gave you a little tour of the garden, I would go through some kind of little features. Um, but more important than that, I think there's the three key elements or key ethics that exist with permaculture. They're fair care, earth care, and people care. And what my focus specifically is, is on people care. Now, as we've seen through lockdown, and also we've seen through you know the COVID situation, um, human beings are the problem. So there's a lot of focus on permaculture, a lot of these solutions, but if we don't actually work with people to fully engage them or integrate them in these solutions, then there won't be systemic change as well. So my focus in all my work, which I'll expand into, is really about that as well. So using people care, like working with people to create systemic change in an environmental context. Now, behind me, we have the herb spiral, got a couple of beds. At the moment, the garden is resting, so there's not much growing. Um, but I just want to draw upon this concept, um, this design principle, which is called valuing the edge, edges of marginals. And I use this a lot in terms of my work. And the reason why I describe this, this design principle, because if you use permaculture and then use it with people, the people at the margins of society um, are the people that have the most innovation. The reason why they have the most innovation because they have no choice. It's a survival mechanism as well. So for example, um, people that experience any kind of oppression. So for example, I'm a black working class male and um, I was a care for my mum for many years. And because of that experience, and I'm also dyslexic, um, I've not really had a full time, a proper full, well, a formal job. And I've not been able to get funding for May Project Gardens for nine years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what it's done is made me think completely outside the box. And that's an edge, you know, when you're kind of facing oppression, when you're, you have to think about solutions. And one of the key things we also say in permaculture is the problem is the solution. So, you know, I raise a lot of times, I, I, I bring problems to people and people feel quite uncomfortable about me talking about problems because they feel like it's in a personal attack on their, their themselves. But it's not a personal attack. It's actually just recognizing that if we want to do systemic change, 
then we really need to go into the problems. So I'll give you a perfect example of that. A lot of people are kind of highlighting the issues with Black Lives Matter. Um, but yet you still don't see black people, including myself, in positions of power and funding and resources to make those systemic changes. There's definitely awareness, there's definitely uh, em empathy, but systemically and fundamentally, there hasn't been a major shift in terms of um, who's in power and who can make those decisions and who can make those fundamental changes. So that's another example, that's one example. You can go through any group who have been oppressed or face oppressions and frame it in the same way and you'll come up with the same situation unless the people with lived experience are in charge or leading um there won't be systemic change because they have the answers and solutions another example of that that i always refer to is people with disabilities and transport you know as an able-bodied person for myself it's very easy for me to allude to the fact that you know oh i can use transport but um, if we wanted to design a transportation system that was fully inclusive, we should have people that are most vulnerable or face the most challenges or have the most problems with transport. And uh, this is not to demonize people with disabilities, but just the point is that their frame of reference is totally different to able-bodied people as well. Um, so I hope that makes sense as well. So that's the way we work. So let me tell you a little bit more about the project. So as I said before, it's been going for 15 years. I said as well, nine of those years, it's been completely self-funded. Um, because of my dyslexia, I'm neurodiverse. The bird's singing again. I'll come to that later. Because um, I'm neurodiverse, um, I haven't been able to go basically get money. And what that has done, it's allowed me to create a whole methodology which really looks at permaculture, looks at nature, as a design system to engage people from all walks of life as well. So I've engaged people from who've been homeless, who have mental illness, to people that have million, million pound businesses as well. So that's kind of the levels we're at as well. Now from May Project Gardens, this, 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 this hub, um, and myself as a facilitator of this hub, I've been able to kind of provide a safe space for people to learn about growing to network, to buddy, to have fun, uh, to be inspired. And um, the latest example of that inspiration or the way we work is in this experiential work. And here we can see this little beauty behind me. It looks like a piece of cake. I always want to eat it. But this is a straw bale house that was built by one of my colleagues, um, Dana and a team, and, and, and Sue. Um, I've got a name wrong, so you're going to cast me, sorry. Oh, Ruth, I've got a name wrong. Jude, I've got a name right. There you go. That's a dyslexia for you. So this is another example of how we work in a community way, in an experiential way, in a participatory way. And basically what we do, we try to ensure that whenever we create something on site, we ensure that everybody or as many people from various communities are involved in that process as well. Um, so that's the hub, May Project Gardens, and that's an example of how we work in a very practical way. Um, again, because of my experiential learning, I really focus on, um, sorry, because of my dyslexia, I really focus on the experience. The experience is really important because it's the emotion. A lot of people are talking about, you know, different 
ways of engaging people. But for me, it's always about the lived experience, about the emotion, it's about the empathy. That is the thing, especially as a result of lockdown, um, people that have real emotional um, intelligence are going to be so important in terms of how we navigate um, society moving forward as well and I definitely see myself as one of those people as well you don't do <laughs> you don't do um, 15 years of grassroots community with all the challenges that it possesses if you're not passionate about the the, the humanity of human beings and their potential as well so that's that so out of May Project Gardens came um, my award-winning youth program called Hip Hop Garden which has five key modules so the two that I focus on, I don't know if I have enough time to cover them all, are well-being and employability and economics. Now, well-being is because, again, a lot of the young people we work with, they come from challenging environments, from refugees to young people that work in the most deprived wards in the UK. And it's not the individuals, it's not the young people themselves, it's the environment. So if we talk about, again, reference it to, like a garden if you don't have a fertile environment you don't get good you don't get good harvest you don't get good fruit so that's really important as well so um well-being and then the other one is economic and employability now it's very topical with kickstart you know a lot of people are talking about that but again we i pioneered this work in terms of actually trying to ensure that young people particularly were getting paid um, even volunteer expenses. And what's really interesting is that we've continued to do that and make that accessible as well. Um, so economic um, entrepreneurship and employability is one of the two fundamental crucial aspects of our work with Hip Hop Garden as well. There's also food, hip hop as a social tool. So that's basically like hip hop is, a, is the largest youth movement in the world and it, it, it basically transcended the individuals from, the, from those environments into superstars. And it's also become a global, it's the most watched music genre on YouTube as well. So that shows you how global and how big it is as well. So that's hip hop. Um, and it really gives people the vision or young people the vision of how to transform their society as well. Food, go back to that one very quickly. That's really about diet and connected to nature and the earth as well. So more and more, again, if we talk about lockdown, how many young people have been, you know, I mean, we've never experienced lockdown. If you're someone that's had, you know, been incarcerated or, you know, been oppressed in many different ways, you know, abuse, whatever it may be, you will know what um, being locked down is. But for the majority of us, it's the first time we've ever experienced that. And I'm sure we've seen the impact of that and how devastating that's been as well. So connecting people to nature for, personal, social and economic transformation is crucial for the way we work. And then last of all is event management. So just like if I look at the garden, I look at this process of companion planting. Companion planting is basically where you can kind of put different types of um, plants or, or flowers together to complement them through their nutrients and through what they, they provide or even for pest resilience as well. So that's really crucial. So rather than us kind of saying this is a job, what we try and do is actually focus on their skills and bring those skills to do it in a project format as well. So that's that. Um, the next one is can we grow? So as we know, because um, everyone's talking about it in the environmental sector, the environmental sector is the most, probably the most di least diverse 
um, employer or sector. And now, you know, loads of people are talking about that, but yet we are still, myself and Maple Advisors are still not on the on the um, forefront of that. But yet everyone's talking about that. That's another example of the the um, the lack of systemic changes happening. It's still organisations that don't look like myself or don't have my lived experience, but are kind of still dominating the space of how we should engage with diversity and also um, people that have uh, most affected by um, the lack of opportunities within that sector. And if we look at biodiversity, so one of the things, if you look in my garden, there's a lovely little bee, there you go, you see them floating around, there you go, lovely little things, there you go. Biodiversity, we measure our, the garden by the different types of species and different types of animals and different types of plants within it. Now, when we do that, um, we know that the space is healthy, but more important, not just that, it's more resilient because you have a diverse species. So if we are to make a more resilient society, and we, there's a lot of talk about making building back greener, um, we have to basically be biodiverse. And that's not tokenistic by just having, you know, PR black faces present on brochures and that. We have to be the ones, particularly myself, because I've been doing this for 15 years. I've been pioneering this work alongside other people who've come before me as well. Um, from a Western, non-white perspective, um, this is crucial. And this is the same for gender, the same for LGBTQ, the same for people with disabilities. It's the same, etc. You know, that's diversity, people that are neurodiverse, you know. Very often, if we look at funding, um, you can't get funding unless you be able to write a certain way. So that's crucial as well. Um, the next one is going to be, talk about Can We Grow, is myself as an artist. So for example, I make songs about um, the environment. So one of the main ones, if we go to this particular area here, is a forest garden. And so we plant more trees so that we can plant more trees so that we can plant more trees so that we can breathe cut down the trees there's no more you and me that's the forest garden so what i do because of my neurodiversity i've been using creativity to basically inform policy companies businesses communities in all different ways you know and it's very important that um that creativity runs through all my work, all these um, different elements. And what I didn't refer to is that from May Product Gardens and all these different elements that I've created, I've now basically recognized that what I've actually created is a community ecosystem. So all these different things I'm talking about are community ecosystems, they're elements of the community ecosystem as well. And then the last one, because if anyone who's worked and has come from my background and is passionate about people and passionate about making a difference, um, there's not a real amount of money unless you come from a certain background or can speak a certain way or write a certain way. So more recently, I've become, um, last couple of years, I've become a consultant. Um, and what I've been doing is consulting companies around these issues. And my main client here is Lush. And um, can I announce what we've just done? Maybe I wasn't announced yet, but if you keep your eye out um, for a program, mentorship program that's just about to be launched, um, myself and my colleague Ian Phillips has been involved in that. Um, I think that's it from me.
for the time being. Um, I hope this has been very useful. If you want to find out more about my work, www.maypudit.org or my personal website, the number three, kmt.co.uk. And just to finish off, the reason why I'm here in the capacity of Bristol is that with this experience of my 15 years of work with grassroots community, I'm now transferring this expertise working with um, Bristol City Council to engage and highlight and support the amazing work that people in Bristol are doing, like Black Seeds Network, for example, of one. Um, I know there's lots of people, but my aim is to really reach out and to celebrate all these amazing people like myself that have pioneered and um, done amazing work in Bristol around environmentalism and social justice as well. Big shout out to Nisha Bevin, Roger Griffiths, and also Polina, who was working on the Straw Bell House. All right, peace and blessings. Have a beautiful day.